Welcome to episode 41 of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular <coughs> discussions about everything software development. You can find us online on developermelange.com <coughs> and you can follow us at Twitter via at DevMelange, that's Dev, M-E-L-A-N-G-E. We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us on Twitter or leave your comments on our website. We appreciate all of your feedback. And now, here are your hosts. My name is David Leitner and I'm co-founder of Square Solutions, working on various projects using a bunch of different stacks and environments. I'm Peter Kofler, the code cop. Obviously, I'm fanatic about clean code. My name is Christian Haas. I'm a developer who embraces extreme programming. And today we are joined by ourselves because not only are we now back in on location recording in a nice cafe in Vienna, uh, we are also hosting ourselves because this time we thought we have no guests and rather keep us ourselves our guests. Yeah, because it has been uh, three years. So this is episode 41 and it will be exactly uh, for three years that we did this. And maybe dear listener, you noticed that we had some fewer episodes recently and we decided to record one last episode. And that brings us maybe to some meta question that I would like to ask Christian. So why did you do it? Why did I do it? Why did I come to Developer Melange? Well, it all started in, <laughs> it was a rainy Sunday. <laughs> no idea. So, so yeah, we, we already are in a, in a, in a fun part. It was, it was based on an idea by you, Peter, in uh, 2018 to think about recording our discussions that we have or had regarding technology, regarding software development. And to have this in a recorded format with discussions, potentially with guests, either in the local VME scene or whoever we find interesting to include in our discussions. And I was essentially, well, happy to do this, especially also with my, I would say, hobby background of a sound engineer to simply provide also the audio equipment for this whole thing and uh, I would say enthusiasm to do the corresponding audio editing. And did that work out? Like how did your audio skills uh, uh, like grow or change at that time? And they, I, I don't think that they grew in any part of this. Uh, I would say at least they, I kept the, the, the practice of it. So similar to in a coding dojo where we practice our coding mm -hmm. skills and keep them sharp and also find out a few details. For me, it was then also essentially about, well, I had my uh, audio engineering um, school years and during which I had learned also about audio editing and all these details and thought, okay, for a podcast, this should be also quite good and keep up the corresponding knowledge I have and the corresponding practices. Well, do you think it's necessary to have like this, uh, to be an audio engineer to, to produce a podcast? Uh, from the technical perspective? Uh, no, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, proof of, proofing cases uh, are all these podcasts that you find nowadays uh, from either being technical sense or whatever the topic is of a podcast. Uh, tools make it easy to, to hide away, I would say, the, the difficult parts or the perhaps the low-level technical details. There are podcast-specific even apps corresponding to even our own host, podcast hosting site that we use would offer uh, an app that records immediately and then does all the publishing and, and I would say the, the standard editing. So 
the skills necessary are, I would say, small ones. I just and I find uh, the fun in it to do it. So yeah, skill level wise, it's easy enough. And also, incidentally, rather, in I believe it was 2017 where I was joining in on the on the Socrates in Austria in Linz. There was this one session from the podcast uh, Donatech Radio, uh, where the hosts themselves described how they create their, uh, create their podcast. And back then they already said, okay, the technology is, is only secondary uh, with all this technical stuff. All you would basically need is just a microphone, a standard computer recorded and good, you're good to go. What's rather more important is to have uh, the, the regular content and simply produce an episode with a regular interval. Which brings us to the uh, semi-irregular to highly irregular schedule recently. But that, uh, let's, let's come back to the question that's uh, curious because we talked, well, we didn't talk, but it's also in the room, the quality of the audio. So I think the quality of the audio of the recording is relevant. Because some recordings are like so bad or there is a wind or something, it's, it's really, I wouldn't listen to them. All right. Uh, the, I would say it's a mixture. If, if the content is, is enticing and capturing enough, you have more good with the listener. Because then uh, I would say people can overlook various technical details if the content is useful, if, they, if it brings in further. And we also had our comments in the uh, early stages and regularly we had our comments about the quality of our recordings. Initially we had just one uh, uh, conference microphone in a conference room uh, standing up which captured a lot of the, the room noise and a lot of reverb and so. And then when we switched over to on location recording in a cafe, we had, and I guess still have, some background noise, which is, to my opinion, was also a charm of the whole episode and of the podcast. Because it was about, well, sitting in a cafe and having this ambience. The intention, at least my intention, was always to get the, the feeling of, yes, we are in a, sitting in a cafe and having a, well, a typical Viennese discussion about something, sitting together. And, uh, and and not to have it well overtake and yes yeah, sometimes it was very full the, the location so the background noise took over a bit and other other, other times we are uh, well in this and I tried to attack or at least tackle with with uh, headset microphones which some of us have now some don't it's all a money issue of course in a right of further sense though still quality wise yeah I'm I'm, I'm with you. There should be at least some sort of base quality, which is also my my own goal to have a quality podcast that say yes, this is something I'm happy about, like we do with coding, mm -hmm. to have a code and a code base or system or something that we are happy with. That the um, and at the same time, I I avoid uh, making it like a gold-plated thing. Um, after all, I can spend so long on this whole thing. To make, make it the best and then again, okay, the original intention is, well, we have our discussions, we record it for some other people's benefit. Yet I don't thrive for, I don't know, a pod, uh, an annual podcast award or something like that. Would be fine, but it's not my goal in this sense. What would that be like gold plating? Is that taking out every cuff and every, every uh, noise or what do you mean with gold plating? Mm. At least for me, it would be in this regard, yes, to the, cut out any any uh, speech pauses or amps or coughing or something like that, to condense it down into a very quick format. 
Yeah, this was not my intention in this case. So you should leave it more natural, which brings us to the constant coughing into introduction because it's like not regular anymore, <coughs> and it's uh, the web page is not working at the moment. <coughs> so it's uh, um, it's all by intention. Well, David, how is our support team tackling the the web page issue at the moment? Bad, really bad. Mm. So I don't want to name brands here, but I'm really disappointed by our domain pride, honestly speaking. But let's let's uh, make it more positive because after we looked at the content, so what do you think is relevant for a podcast from from like publishing or web web appearance? Uh, as it was main, uh, also your part, David. What's what's so important there? I think that's the beauty of the web these days, that there's not too much important, right? The important part is the enthusiasm, the idea, and the drive for doing it. So as, as we said, we use um, Anchor FM as our host. They publish our contents, I think, to 10 or 15 platforms fully automatically. Um, we have kind of the web page um, on GitHub pages, so there is no cost on this side. We had a domain which <laughs> um, kind of was provided um, for cost, but uh, didn't work out now or doesn't yeah, work but anymore. Yeah, but will work again. But it's like we'll what, what's again, the cost? It's also a low cost, right? No, it's, it's super low. Yeah. yeah. So and you don't even need it, right? You could just go to the developer Melosh GitHub IO and still reach the page if you want to, right? So I think you don't need too much these days. You just need to adhere, need the time, you need the drive to do it, and I think that's the most important thing, right? And I think that that's cool. That's in general cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm listening to other podcasts, and one of them has really detailed notes and links to everything. So I, I like that. I think that at least some links to material referred that would be helpful. Yeah, but that's not a technical issue, right? We could do this too. Yeah, we do that. Actually, we, do we that. have that yeah, in the episodes. Yeah, exactly. But not in detail. I, I think what we, for example, do not have, which would be a little bit of more work, but helps, is you know structuring the audio content that you could jump in like to different parts exactly where okay. we say, okay, we discuss now about the S of solid or the Lishkov substitution mm -hmm. principle, and you can jump where you would like to. But I think it's hard because our discussion is not so structured usually. It's it's more like an exchange of opinions. Which is by by nature not structured, um, or usually not too much structured. But I I guess that the technical part, sh yeah, shouldn't shouldn't block somebody from doing this. Right? Interesting. Would you say that uh, it's like the same? So keep the web simple on purpose. It's like no gold plating. It's not it's not about that, or is it? Uh, could it be like negative if you spend too much time on the web appearance? So. Oh, no opinion here. I think, uh, as Christian said, if you like to do this and if you want to learn, for example, improve your audio recording skills, why not? Yeah. So, but the entrance level in doing something these days, and this is not only do for doing a podcast, this is true for creating a blog, I don't know, taking a video of yourself, talking about something, recording something. Maybe even building a, a small product these days on the web is, is very low. So you, I think that the, the the technical things are just you know something you can you you can definitely achieve if you want to do something right. So it doesn't block too many people from doing it, and I think that's generally a good development, right? That people can start to do things, and technology is not 
usually to differentiate anymore, right? Everybody these days can record on Anchor FM a podcast. So the content is king, and I think that's good because everybody could do it. The entrance level is not too high anymore. Okay, for me, it's also, I would say, the combination. If you have a, uh, what's the point of having a fancy homepage where you have a presentation than a crappy audio recording? So there's a there's a disparity. So I would say in it must be consistent. A consistency, yeah, right? If, if it's a if it's a very good homepage, you also expect a very like high high quality recording. And yeah. if it's like self-made, hobby style, then it's okay to have a hobby style but recording. Right? When I think about the podcasts I'm listening to, I'm listening to them mainly on Spotify or other podcast tools. I I don't even know the website of most of them. I do not know if they have a website and how it looks, right? I never, I never take a look at websites when I listen to podcasts because usually people recommend me something or I find something on Twitter, and then I'm just following them on Spotify, yeah, and getting an, an, an notification when they have a new Adding it to episode. your podcast catcher or whatever exactly. the tool is, and that's it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, in my case, one podcast. Well, it's an actual place so or role-playing uh, story recorded. And this group even has a Discord server where the community can come in and, and have discussions with the cast and are general discussions and there's an online community essentially. This is also a variant of building a, a listener community. I think that's, that's much more important and that's something we didn't do too much by intention because it was never the idea that we grow this podcast to the moon, right? But for example, social media and, and having um, constant stuff on Twitter and posting, hey, we record now, or hey, we plan to get this guy on the on the, on the the podcast and so on and so forth. We, we never did this, right? And I, I think if you really have the intention to grow, this would be much more important than having a super great website, right? Okay. Because people are on Twitter, people are on, I don't know, other social medias, and there they see your content, right? And they usually need this content to get pushed to them and not pull for it by going to your website, right? Mm. How many websites do you visit a day from, I don't know, software engineers or people that influence you? None of them, right? You get, you get hooked on Twitter and then maybe at some point in time you maybe follow a link and get to the website, but usually yeah. the time span you have to, to watch all these websites is very, very, yeah. very thin these days, right? Yeah, yeah, and it happens that less and less websites support RSS. At least it feels like. So <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is... While I use it and I still like it, uh, not time to read it, of course, but uh, it's getting less and less stuff coming in. Uh, so, Anne, now this makes me realize perhaps we should also go, well, not we yet. It might be curious to, to go with the flow and instead of making podcast recordings, make some TikTok recordings. No, so please, no. <laughs> I'm out for this. Well, you're too old already. You're, yeah. the young, you're one of the youngest here. Yeah, like, still, I'm too old for TikTok. I'm too old for social media in general, besides Twitter. Yeah, well, we can do a coding there. Yeah, let's. I, I follow you. I uh, download the app. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, that that would be a new challenge then. Yes. Well, so I, I see you dancing then, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the, the format would, would would be good because the TikTok videos are short. Yeah, that's if, the if, whole if, point, right? Right, and if if you, if we drive this in a term of red green refactor, then we have uh, always this ante anticipation: what comes next? So first the red face, the TikTok recording. David, you wanted to do some video recordings. Great. First yeah, the red face, video recording. recordings. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but I think that this trash content is getting more and more, right? If you look these days for, I don't know, I do a lot in reactive systems and Kafka and so on. And if you look for, I don't know, Kafka topics, right? You never get in-depth topics anymore. You just get 
kind of how to install Kafka. marketing yeah. uh, exactly marketing blog posts by some company which just wants to show hey we are doing something on Kafka but it doesn't bring anybody forward it's just popping up in the in the in the in the Google engine right and the same is for Twitter right at least again I don't want to uh, sound grumpy now but I think that the content quality on Twitter really decreased enormously right if you if you think see what people are posting these days yeah, you know, just making some kind of threads you know, or some there kind is of a, there trash is a posts. Function uh, for that. Or some uh, questions they just ask. I don't know, is PRP really as shitty as people say? Because they know they will trigger the community to get a lot of response, right? Mm. But the quality, when I joined Twitter and I was fascinated by Twitter, I don't know, I, I'm on Twitter since, since more than 10 years. I saw this patch a few days ago. And, and that was really cool because for me as a software engineer, it was it w was a really important source to, to get influenced That's by true. the right people. And now these days it's just, you know, making making noise, bringing trash out to people. Not everyone. I mean, there are still very valid opinions, um, but it's getting harder and harder to, to get to them because so many people want to make noise about the products, about the services, about whatever they do, right? And this whole, this whole idea of developer advocates and this didn't exist 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't have people who, who made an opinion in the community. You just had people who created content. And I think this changed a lot, not not only to the bad, but it's uh, as it is now these days. Mm -hmm. yeah. So where is the place to be, TikTok then? I think the place to be still having a good old blog, right? Creating quality content and, and quality always wins at the end. But I think that it's, it's getting much easier to produce something but getting an audience and getting recognized is, is, is much harder these days, right? But right. it's not for content, it's also for open source project, right? I mean, there's this this this, this criticism on the, the, the community these days that if you don't, if you do not, if you're not Facebook, GitHub or whatever it is, right? You don't can even create this bus anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you have a cool, I don't know, Java, JavaScript library, it's really hard to to create this bus because you don't have, I don't know, 50,000 followers, which, which say, hey, cool, everything you do is anyway great. Taking right? it immediately, yeah, it's from, yeah, it's exactly. from, Although I from guess Netflix, I'm using it. I guess the, the instead, okay, for me, the, the, I, I make the combination, on one hand you say, okay, the publication sites like Twitter or publication channels, simply publication pops up systems like Twitter, where you can have short adver advertisements and many people listening on you. It's getting so noisy, and on the other hand, you say, okay, it's difficult to break through this noise because everyone is making so much noise. So yeah, which channels do we, do we take then? The one combination that I think then is, well, okay, go back to the, I would say, classical local routes and first start with your local meetup groups or communities where, totally where yeah. you have then the corresponding small audience to say, okay, this is my nice li library. What do you think? And perhaps then it grows. Uh, yeah, don't really, please don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't say that things are bad now. I think just things changed and we need to adopt to this. Or if you really want to have, and you know, if you want to produce content these days, I think it's, it's much more, it's much more effort than a few years ago because as I said, you need to play all these channels. You need to publish it everywhere that people really even recognize you because mm. there's, there's so much, right? You could yeah, read blog posts the whole thing and they're not bad. They're, yeah tons of interesting books, blog posts, whatever. Um, but of course, your time is limited, right? And so you, yeah, you need to kind of differentiate from the rest. And I think that's getting harder and harder these mm. days, right? And I believe it, 
And okay, I, I see. I try to see now the positive side of this. If there is so much, then there is, I would say, potential for niche topics. Of course, what? How do you find a niche topic? Or difficult to say. At least the comparison that I make right now in my mind is with this one actual play podcast that I that I referred to earlier. This is about a specific uh, role playing system that is not that widely known. It's not. Uh, it's well. It's a smaller one. It's still good and has great community. It's not as popular as say Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. And so for this, I would say smaller system, you have only a handful of podcasts. Yeah. And so if you're then interested in that particular, in this very particular niche product, then you're happy if there is if there are five or four, and then it's hey, awesome, great. I can. And the, and the community then also knows about them. Mm. So if you have some sort of a niche, it's okay, how do you find a niche in software development? Is there, is there a concept of niche? I do you have, you are following the big trend of whatever JavaScript library is currently in this week? Or um, you have some very obscure, obscure thing? Like a quoted read facilitation. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not aware yeah. of any resources <laughs> that the matters are, they're like Adi Polbaka and, and his book, and like there are a few people that unknown to have competence there because they've like uh, brought it to Europe like the Paul Barkers. But there's no page about it, right? Mm. But then there are like 40 listeners and that's it. So yeah, that's the point. What do you want to achieve with this, right? Yeah. Sure, with a niche topic you will not get a huge audience, but for getting a huge audience these days I think you really need a lot of yeah, you need a lot of power, you need a lot of um, yeah it's like endurance. Uh, endurance, yeah. But still I think this rule still is true. Quality always wins at the end. Yeah, but I think these days you even need more endurance, and you need really, yeah, mm. build constant quality that at some point in time people will recognize and say, "Hey, cool, this guy's building great or doing great content or doing great mm. recordings." Um, since since years, and more and more people will will follow oh, you then. Yeah, again, like habits, right? So you're you're building a little thing every time, and then after ten years, it builds up. Yeah, and so and exactly. then, then I have my, my critical question this then, okay, why are we then closing this down or at least reducing the, our regularity? So what, what changed in us? What, what did we do or don't we do? So that we now say, okay, um, this is at least the, the last official somewhat regular episode. I think that's, that's very important to do this, right? I, I wouldn't say that's, that's, that's kind of that's something, I mean, things naturally change, right? Yeah. And and if you continue everything which you started at some point in time, you're getting stressed out, I think, yeah. very much the older you get because the more topics you started, the more topics you feel guilty if you do not do them anymore. <laughs> and um, I, I so think there's... You would say it's natural then. And natural in the sense of, okay, we, we started something and we realized it's not something built for life. It's not it's like, it like buying, a, buying a house. Uh, birth and death are natural. Well, I, I, okay, to be clarified, I'm, I'm not asking why we're doing this, this closure episode. This is something I wanted myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking, okay, what, what changed in us that we do not, not that we no longer continue? I wouldn't doing. say we do not continue, right? We never said we do not continue. We just said we don't want to give us this, this pressure that we do it on a regular basis. And I think this is just a question of priorities, right? Mm -hmm. So Everybody... Moved on, maybe yeah. I wouldn't say moved on because it sounds like we do something bigger or better now. But I think in just lives, interests yeah. not happening. Change <laughs> 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 uh, and and you know, 
usually you're also curious, right? Um, I think it's you're enthusiastic because there's something which you never did before, and maybe you want to say, "Hey, cool! If I start this now, I will do it to the end of my life." Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, why? I mean, to be honest, I think this this is not something which happened from today to tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see a trend over the last, I would say, one and a half years. Yeah, when we already moved from be like twice a month to monthly, that is... Exactly. It's, we have to be realistic, just as, like, as you said, there are like tons of things happening, um, maybe more clients, maybe you uh, create your own company, that's all things that take time, or at least your priority, as you said. So some other things have to die, or at least. Uh, I think dying is honest, right? if, uh, or putting on the ice. If you say, yeah, I will also do it, I will also do it. I think, uh, David, you even tried that. You said, yeah, well, really, we should have an episode. My, my next free evening is in three months. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's yeah, a point, we, right? Yeah, that's we a question love to do an episode, yeah. but I am with clients in Germany or wherever. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and... and Again, I think it's it's important also to to then make things full or not right. And if we say we want to make it every month and we don't do it every month, I think that's the worst thing, right? I think it's better if we say we 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 don't make it regular anymore or we mm. maybe don't make it anymore. Mm. I think this brings much more value to to everyone. Mm. This is what I, what I initially I wanted to achieve as well to have this realization. Okay, we're not doing this. In a, in a regular, in a, in a must-have fashion anymore, which is why I said, okay, if we have several months without a recording, let's come together and at least uh, bring this up. But, but I, I think also things as usual. I think in the beginning, um, things seem to be very clear. Everybody seems to have, I think, the same vision of, 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 of what, what's happening in this podcast. Um, but also as we talked before what were our base intentions why we do this right and I think after after some some time you find out that they're maybe not so similar right you said may mainly for, for for audio recording or you want to improve your skills there and also want to do a podcast of course but Peter I think for you it was mainly an exchange on 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 on, on very uh, deep down topics for me it was also maybe more getting feedback from from outsiders, so to say, to bring them in the podcast. Yeah, I, we're, we're I was keen on having guests. Yeah, exactly. I was always keen on, on having guests, exactly. And and I think that's that's also okay. And I think over time, you of course also change your focus a little bit, right? Where I I think I I had different opinions, maybe also different topics in mind than I would have these days, right? Yeah. What what's my personal interest in in the tech industry and so on and so forth. Um, and I think from, from this perspective, it's also natural, right? If, if more people are doing something, then it's natural that people getting other interests over time and that sometimes maybe the the focus spreads a little bit. Mm. And, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why why, why things like this um, could, could then also end maybe. Yeah? Yeah. That's a very good point. So why is the closure, not the programming language that you ask, but uh, like <laughs> the conclusion, why does that matter to you? I, w- I want to have it explicit. 
because if if I see myself in the role as a listener, okay, I might be curious as to say, yeah, okay, this is a regular podcast. You have it twice a month or perhaps once a month. Okay, now I see, oh, they are missing out one month or a second month. And then I ask, oh, what's happening with developer Minaj? Are they making something? Oh, wait, there is a new episode. Okay, are they now still doing something? Are they dead? It's like when you come to a library on GitHub, for instance, on GitHub, mm -hmm. that you like and say, okay, this is a good library and I would like to use it. You stumble upon a small issue look into the issue tracker and see hundreds of issues and someone at the top, is this repo still alive? Mm. And then you already start, okay, is it worth now investing or is it not? And so in, in I, I want to avoid this unclear status where- so it's about where, clarity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about, about clarity. clarity to know, okay, am I going to expect something now regularly soon? Is it worth to, uh, to I don't know, contact the host and say, how oh, I would like this episode or something like that. And then realize, okay, no, they're currently more in the state of only on, on request or on need, something like this. In contrast to, oh yeah, they're going to have regular episodes. I, or perhaps as a new listener, I, I say, okay, I have a new commute. I have now a new space opening. I want to have a new podcast. I see this developer melange. Great, they're discussing various topics on developing. I'm interested. And then after three episodes, I realized, oh, I jumped in right after they canceled. Awesome. Then it's so sad. Right. right. <laughs> one of my most favorite podcasts I found on his like one but last episode, and in, and and I started with zero because he had a lot of episodes, but mm. in the in the back, and he's with each episode he sings. First he said like it's weekly, then it's biweekly, then it's regular, then it's <laughs> somehow regular, and now now he's saying it's a, like highly irregular episodes. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but I think that's... Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, that's a very important <laughs> learning in general, I think, right? If you really want to do something continuously, um, I think you really need to be realistic from the beginning, right? Because I think B-weekly, as we plan to do it initially, I think that that's very hard to achieve, right? That's, that's if, you, if you count only working days, that's on... 10% of your days, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's a huge load if you think of it, right? And if you're doing it on the side, right? If you're not doing it for like uh, marketing reasons or advertisements reasons, then it's okay maybe to do some. Yeah, I think all. if you do some marketing activity for 10% of your work, that's probably good. The, the question is all what do you want to achieve, right? For, for us, I mean, if I remember correctly and, and prove me wrong, but I, I think that the, the baseline was, hey, we we enjoy meeting each other um, in this group and talking about software-related stuff. And at some point in time, we thought, why shouldn't we record it and then share it with, with, yeah. with people who are interested in it, right? Yeah, the, the, the priority of the, the motivation of why are we meeting is, is important. So we are meeting because we want to discuss and not we are meeting because we have to record something. But we met more often because we had to record. Sure. That's so point, it, yeah? was, uh, so it, it was, was like driving it home at least for some time, and you had some great discussions that maybe we wouldn't have mm. otherwise. Okay, that but that's maybe sure, yeah. an argumentation why I will join your TikTok channel once a while. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll have cool guests on the TikTok channel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like um, some, some younger develop, developers from Vienna. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Red, green, refactor TikTok. Okay, okay. Someone please start this. Why does it, why does it have to be a red, green, refactor? 
No, but it's a bit of a test development because you, in the baby steps, if you have this this cutter, this cutter restriction of baby steps, yeah. you're in a perfect timing constraint for a TikTok video. So, well, well, because why? How long does a TikTok video have to be? 160 seconds? Or like I have no clue about TikTok. I, I just know that the, it exists, but I have no details. And time limit. I, I believe, they have, limit, I believe okay. they have a time limit, though I do not know what the time limit is. Yet it would, it would perfectly fit with baby steps. <laughs> 30, no, it's a crazy 30 idea. seconds. 30 but seconds. I mean, for example, Christian, you also do this um, coding dojos, right? And they are happening on a quite regular basis. Uh, <coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At but least from, from an outside. And right. I, the intention I, is there. Now that I've settled in with my new old job, with my old new job uh, again, uh, I, I, I can now anticipate more regular coding dojos as well again. And the meeting restrictions have lifted, so we can actually have like... Uh, have it monthly again? Uh, well, uh, for now I would still keep them online because at least in, in my current office there are restrictions for, for externals. Yeah, okay, so. ah, for externals. Yeah, always these externals. Yeah, right. So that right now I would still keep them online, which I, to my opinion works now, works now great with this, this online tool, at least as for the capabilities and what, what it provides, what we need. Mm. So. But, but what's the difference between the coding dojos and this podcast here for you? What is it? Do I see a difference? Well, apart from the completely different format, in, in the coding dojo, I'm mainly asked to facilitate it in terms of, okay, get people together and, and help them train and work. And ideally, I can sometimes also get to exercise on my own in these coding dojos. This was pretty much the, my motivation why I started with the coding coaches in Vienna. Yeah. Because there was none and I wanted to have it because I wanted to train on myself. Yeah. I simply started it. Okay, be the change you want to see in the world. And for the podcast itself, I came in, first of all, well, from the technical challenge. Okay, can I do the audio recording? And yeah, for me, the side effect was, okay, meet uh, with you and discuss topics and perhaps also get insight from other guests. I, like I said, we had several guests. Um, and uh, of which many, many of which I got curious information. Yeah. Okay. And, like yeah, and I really liked that you had mostly local guests from from Vienna community. That was super awesome to meet mm. people that you already know, but then discuss more in depth. Um, it was good. So David, you previously you brought up that you uh, are now more and more questioning standard, uh, I would say standard things that that once you you uh, I would say uh, taught. Well, other I'm interested now how this question ends. No, I'm not questioning. I, I think I'm. You're, you're skeptical. Okay. But first finish the question, then I can okay. give an answer. My interpretation was that you are now skeptical about things that you are uh, that previously you um, said yourself, or at least, for instance, mm, preaching about the solid principles, as an example. And no. you, you've, at least my impression was that you are no more skeptical about these things or questioning them more. No, I think you. I always questioned the solid oh. principles. Okay. You can record the first episode. But I think what changed is, of course, opinions on things, right? Yeah. For example... And to, be, and to be clear, it's not about the solid principles. It was an example of... Yeah, yeah sure, 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 sure. No, but I think this was always the thing. If you would have asked me six years ago about the solid principles, I maybe would have a very similar opinion than I have now. 
But if you would have asked me three years ago about this hotel principle, I would maybe have a 180 degree different opinion. And in three years again, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, is it, is usually, you know, you, you jump up and down, right? Mm -hmm. At some point in time, you need you need more abstract guidance and then you are getting sick of these whole abstract terms and concepts and you want to get something down into a rabbit hole and then you're down in the rabbit hole and you say, oh my God, I need to get up a little bit abstract more, um, a little bit more abstract again. So for me, the, the solid principle these days, because we, we discussed about this before, right? The solid principle these days uh, don't, don't bring too much value, I think, for, for both sides, not, not too much for tuners because for them, they are kind of too abstract and for for seniors neither because for them they are too uh, too less concrete right because what as we discussed in the first episode what is a single responsibility what is what is open what is closed right and and is the goal not just to make it as simple and and as, as good as possible not without any dogma and not wasting too much time but in, dogma is in good we discussed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This oh, is this the retrospective I was hoping for. We discussed this already. <laughs> this no, we had this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is a question. I mean, we didn't have a conclusion on this in this episode. I think we concluded that the dogma is not good, but I don't like it. I don't, like uh, it. I don't know. I, mean, I think there is some... some uh, it's the same question with constraints, dogma. Are constraints good, right? They're good. To it's, a cookbook. it's a cookbook. Right? It's a cookbook. When yeah. you start, you need the cookbook. And the cookbook is like a dogma in the beginning. Exactly. So when you don't know what's going on, you should follow the rules, even if they don't make sense to you. Yeah, that, and, that's a point. And that's, I would like, it could be called dogma, so just follow the rules. But then later, um, maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. Just with the solid principles, I had a, uh, just two weeks ago, I had a code review with uh, one person at my client. And his team lead had sent back the code in the pull request that this is not solid. Everything has to be solid and it was just ridiculous. And it reminds me now what you yeah. said. Like every class has to be what open for everything. This is ridiculous. It will be mm. crazy. So I Yeah, but that's I, a point. I, I tried I to explain him like clean code is much more the, much the more value for a junior developer than thinking yeah, days about what is the solid principles, the what does it really it's mean? It's a cookbook. And then people later that keep complaining and the book is so bad and blah 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 they, they don't understand that it's recipes. Exactly. And they and they just can grow recipes and recipes are good for the beginners. Because what yeah, else would you tell them? Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing that I'm I'm now because the, the, this topic comes regularly, how do you bring all these topics into some sort of a training path? Where I say, okay, I have a new junior mm. and how do I what feed when? them, yeah. feed them, what topic, in which order, and at which skill level can they take this? And the one thing that I now think is the, one of the first things I can start uh, are the four rules of simple design. Mm. Because they are compact, compact small, yeah. and I would say loosely enough that even a junior can interpret something into them. Object calisthenics, for me, much better than solid principles. I think 12 object calisthenics by Thoughtworks, right? Nine. Nine? Nine. Rules. Okay. But it's not. It's only the Swordworks and ah, maybe the guy was from Swordworks. Yeah. Swordworks ontology. Yeah, well, but we are losing a uh, total track here and going off in all directions. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> an, like to do. It's still an, an episode of development, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe another three episodes on optical calisthenics. No. No, but the, the initial uh, question you asked me is, um, I don't, I don't still fully got it. What, what was your, what was your question? What did you want to Are you now challenging more than you used to? 
Yes, because you said so, some no. you said something like that when we started talking, so that uh, you're so now challenging when some, everything. When some new dogma, I would say, call it not dogma. No, no I think that's not true. I, I challenge things much more when I was when I was newer to the industry, right? No, you don't care. <laughs> no, I would also say I don't care. I think now I understand maybe more often that there is no black and white. There is no true and false. There are multiple solutions, which are very often very subjective, right? Oh, Mainly so when it comes to technology questions, right? So you became right? a pragmatic, <laughs> <laughs> so you're pragmatic not, consultant. <laughs> so you're not writing any tests because it's not useful. No, no, no. No, I don't really know what I should say. No, I, it depends. I, you have to say it depends. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of saying it depends. Um, I always say it's a hard question. If I want to say it depends, I'm saying it's a hard question. No, but I, I think, sure, um, as you said, maybe you get more more pragmatic, um, but maybe also you focus your, your, maybe you change your focus a little bit, because I think mostly these questions, honestly speaking, are not super relevant if, if a project succeeds or not succeeds, and this maybe depends on the project I was working on for the last, I don't know, five to ten years, but the question which which Java logging library to use, right, or I use NPM or Yarn as a, as a JavaScript tool, they don't make a project successful or not, right? And and maybe this, this changed a little bit, that I'm still very enthusiastic about technology itself and I love to learn new technologies and I think I'm learning more technologies than, than years ago because I'm much faster in learning them. But the more you learn, the more you see that there's not too much of a differentiator in those technologies. Yeah, right? you, you start to think not in specific, I would say, libraries or tools. You, you, you think in what role do they fill in. And again, to, 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 to widersprechen myself, yeah. Contradict yourself. To, to contradict myself, that's very dangerous again. Because when you're getting too abstract, then again, you, see, you suddenly see everything is the same. It doesn't matter if you use, I don't know, Apache Kafka or Apache Pulsar or any other streaming system. But in the end, it, it's important again, right? Sure, because well, the, the, spe the specifics <laughs> are important for your, for your concrete solution. This is where, the, where you say it depends. It depends on these factors to decide on this specific thing. Yeah. Yet overall, you know, okay, you need some sort of a package management. Is it now NPM or Yarn? This will be in the details. And I guess the same approach is then also for various rules, dogmas, practices, whatnot. When you, when you start to know of so many rules, not just solid and various other principles and so on, okay, you, you, you no longer think, okay, specifically I need to now uphold a single rule of responsibility. You're more about, okay, what do you want to achieve in overall of all this uh, amalgamation of all these principles and everything. And then you know, if you drill it down to one specific principle, okay, I broke this principle and I upheld this principle to some degree and the other one is, uh, I ignore it now. See where, where I'm going? That you, 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 are in, you have an overlook over all the things and then start to uh, varying them a little bit in your concrete implementation that you take. Yeah. But that's when you have the experience. It's exactly the step from cookbook to experience. Then you will feel if now this needs to be open or it doesn't, it's not, it's over-engineered if you yeah. open it. No, yeah. Okay, yeah, fully agree. But I think what changed, and this is changing more and more, the more senior you get, is that 
I think even we, we talked about this, Peter, I would say even a few years ago, where I said in the beginning you, you go usually very deep in something. And I think the first thing I went very deep in was, I don't know, .NET, Java, this, this classical object-oriented programming languages where I knew how the Java compiler works and I knew .NET reflection in detail, right? And I, I basically started as a PHP engineer, but then I moved to .NET and I really had my first professional job in .NET. So I digged very deep into .NET and at some point in time, I even thought, hey, I know everything about .NET, which was of course not true, but I was a junior engineer. I said, hey, I know it all now. So let's move on to Java. And then I moved on to Java and said, okay, cool, Java, finally something completely new. And then I also dig deep and the more I dig deep in there, I said, okay, most 80% of the things are similar, right? 10% is a little bit different. And you still go down and then you say, okay, cool, there's this new thing, JavaScript. Everybody's talking about React Angular. I want to move my little bit into full stack and that's the next thing I did. And I dig deeper into Angular, but I had this feeling, okay, I don't need to dig down to the you know, to mm -hmm. the to the to the to the fireball. It's okay if I just go 80 percent down, right, in this rabbit hole, and then you jump out again, and maybe you jump then into React, and you just do fifty percent, and that's kind of a little bit sad because you don't get mm -hmm. this 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 tension anymore mm -hmm. of technologies because maybe you don't have the enthusiasm anymore, or maybe you're just not too much interested in the details because you can already imagine how it will work kind of, right? Yeah. But you never know it for real. Huh? And, 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 and you realize you don't not necessarily have to know about these details. Like today you, you go, you, you sit in, exactly. in a car and start it and you don't necessarily have to know all the details. Yeah. But when I started it, I also didn't have to. I wanted to. Exactly. And I, that sounds very like me. So you wanted to know everything. Exactly. You, were, you were the guru on this. You will know it all. Yeah. And, and this is lost. This drive to know this, like everything about React, as you said, is lost. It's like, a, I don't care. I'm not even looking there. It's it's painful. It's boring. Maybe I can get rid of it. It depends. I mean, I think there are people, and that, that's not, that's not man's bad, but I think sometimes people go down, but never find out their way of this rabbit hole anymore. So I, I'm quite happy that I never, you know, went down into one technology and stayed there forever because I personally would be bored, right? Because I want to see other things and I want to move on and so on and so forth, right? So it really depends on, on your personal characteristics, right? I think there are people who are really still, I don't know, <laughs> they don't want to um, uh, kind of... kind of Stigmatize people? Stigmatize people. No, they're they still going further, like they know about scan lines and CPU optimizations of the Java exactly. platform, for example. I mean, exactly. If you just go into Java, if you just go into Hibernate, right, yeah. these things are moving on, so you still yeah. learn new things. But maybe I'm too much of a generalist to really then forever be interested in this, in this, in this small niche, right? For me, it was always interesting to see how other people doing things, and I think you also learn a lot if you if you see a lot of different things. You you're much getting much faster in learning things, right? Yeah. Um, one, but because you say you're more of a generalist, and I, I also see you in in the uh, uh, service sector, so where you as a developer are uh, booked for various customer, where you have and, and one week you have this technology and another week another technology, like I say in the introduction, and a similar thing I also discussed with the the previous company I was now also um, service company where the realization was okay in, in these areas you are more of a generalist because you are always asked for various different things and one week and then the other week and you don't necessarily have the time to get into the details because you're you're, you're, you're there is more demand on 
be the ability to switch to something completely different rather than concentrate on something and dig very deep into it. Um, sure, I think. Well, it could be on the service because on the product company, you're staying with the product and the product is not moving as fast as projects are mm. moving. So I agree. So as a senior in, in the service, Sector, you will have seen several languages already. You will have done several projects with several things. It's also expected that you mm. can do these things, right? Mm. Exactly. I think that that's why uh, with a good friend I had this discussion a few years ago where he said he wants to go to product company because he imagines that things are more stable there. No, no it was the opposite. It was another <laughs> friend. No, no, it was, <laughs> it was not Christian. Um, but, um, and, and, yeah, that, that's for sure the point. You see much more if you work in, in, a, in, a, in a service consulting mm. area than if you go with a product where you maybe have a long-term vision where you know how mm. you can... But I think that's, that's hard to answer, honestly. Yeah? But generally, I would agree. Yeah? You need to be more flexible when, it, when you work with customer projects. Mm. Um, but I think on the other hand, again, you're more... Maybe you get more focus on solving problems and not too much digging into, you know, this this um, making making technology itself uh, a value, right? Yeah. Because ultimately, you, you you pay your bills not by um, creating source code, but by solving a problem. Mm. Hopefully, by source code, but maybe even just by bringing people together, yeah. uh, which is even even more efficient. Yeah? Mm. So in, in essence, I, I, all, I just realized we are now in, in another episode of, of generalist versus yeah, specialist. Yeah, we have that. I was thinking. So, so, yeah, so exactly. So we make a, we, that, that's perfect. We, right? We're making a sightseeing tour over all yeah. our episodes in this, in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for this one, I'm, I, I don't have, I'm not sure maybe I didn't join. I, I know that we did it, but I, I do not know the conclusion anymore, honestly speaking. Well, at least now we have one, at least you have now one possible answer or one possible avenue to think about where, in which kind of industry you are, whether or not it's more feasible or more practical to be fully a journalist or specialist. Yeah. I know that, that there was a, a blog post, I think, from, from Scott Hanselman when I was at .NET Engineer, as I already told, when I was very junior, and I was very interested in this question because I asked myself, do I want to get a generalist or do I want to get a, an expert in something? Well, I guess you and can also be a generalist in the in the .NET world because yeah. it's, it's big enough. Yeah, I guess. So uh, you could have several languages already, uh, and, and and the whole ecosystems. But aren't you not always both? Aren't you not always kind of T-shaped? Aren't you not always an, an expert in something right now, but maybe still try to keep track of other things? Is it really black and white? Because only in the beginning. Only in the beginning. And you don't have the the T. Like when you only have, when you know nothing, you are not. Deep. Yeah, but you cannot start as generalist, huh? No, of course. You need you to be You can only start as specialist. Yeah, because specialist, you st start somewhere. Yeah. But is it in any way natural that you start as specialist and then you kind of. Only if your you team? keep learning. Only if you keep learning. But why should you stop learning? Because you're staying at this banking and you're working with this application that you wrote 15 years ago. and they are the Same compiler version, same language version. And you're not changing anything because it's working and it's producing value. Mm. You're getting a good salary because it is producing value. It is reasonable, so it's good. I know a lot of these people, and they're not they're not lazy. They're working hard. They have some crazy defects in their OR mapper that they wrote themselves, and they are tracking it down. And yeah, so. And then you you show them I don't know the newest C plus plus, and they say hey wow cool would be fun do I need it I don't know. 
I mean, you see it as, 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 a, as a person in, in the service sector. You come to some customer, they have some whatever legacy system with the corresponding developers mm -hmm. trained, living and growing on that software. And you're asked to add some, I don't know, super fancy extra module where you come in with the newest compiler, newest framework and newest whatever. And patch it up, and then they no, say, "Okay, I yeah, wouldn't thank say you, that. That's the, uh, I think that that's something you you could do, but th I think that's not my main job. Mm -hmm. If I come to clients and and usually, I mean, they have. Well, I have only a very limited view on the service sector. I have yeah. only one year, yeah, eight months. another because you're actually solving, uh, selling like solutions that then you build with your team, right? So you're. Uh, it depends a little bit. I mean, we do. Uh, poo, I don't want to make this now to an company advertisement software, but for, from a software engineering perspective, we provide two things. The first thing is which we call technology boost, and the second thing is that we call sustainable delivery. Right. The the second thing is what you said that um, we work with with clients. They give us the problem. We define together acceptance criteria and and solve them and bring them live on on some, some cloud provider very early and iterate on and, and we kind of take end-to-end -end responsibility and the technology boost is, is more, I would say, the classical technical consulting part where we get often into projects which are maybe um, old code bases, monolithical code base which do not scale anymore, where it takes a lot of time to bring in new features um, and so on and so forth, where we try to modernize these days very often so there is no... There are not too many greenfield projects these days, right? There's no, there's always this annoying neighbor, right? There's not a full greenfield. At least you have some integrations and things like this, which take time. So th that's basically where I'm working mainly in, um, to making, um, I would say, architectures more resilient, more scalable, easier to maintain, and so on and so forth. And usually you cannot solve these problems by pushing in new technologies, right? Would be great. <laughs> and sometimes you would imagine if you read the marketing material, but but usually that's not the thing. Right? Mm -hmm. You need to really understand how can you make things maybe again more cohesive. How can you bring up structures which were there I don't know five years ago, but which really fell apart because people pressed Alt Enter everywhere. Mm -hmm. How could you make awareness again that you structure things better, and then you can start to distribute it maybe and, and make it scalable. So. It's 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 really much about software engineering practices and principles. Um, that's why I find those things still so important. Um, but it's also it's also a lot about getting to know how how can you decompose this huge problem into feasible small chunks that you can really bring something to life in a few weeks or months and not say we make a transformation now for the next ten years, right? Mm -hmm. Because people need success stories after a short amount of time that they say, hey, cool, we're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of my and job. It seems like very opposite to what you described. Hmm. Because it was like the opposite of, of technical uh, leveling up. It was just like fixing the holes and having no time to do that. Possibly. Well, now, like I said, I have only a, a sliver of, of uh, impression. And also, there specific cases. So the project that I was on was on different avenues. Apart from uh, from that, Peter, well, did you see any changes in the last three years in your role as a consultant? I'm getting older. No. Uh, this I changed? Yeah. Previously, did you not get older? No, but I wasn't <laughs> that old. Uh, <laughs> um, so the question is, did I see any changes? No, I wouldn't say so. 
because I'm also working with uh, I've own long-term clients, so I'm working with all clients several years. So as the clients stay the same, problems stay the same. Mm. Some are moving uh, faster, especially like one client I'm I'm been since 2013. It's really I always thought they're not moving at all, but if you look at the whole time, mm -hmm. a lot changed there. Yeah. Not by my work, but it's like a lot changed. They were bought, they did these things, they added Scrum, they did all so a lot. And some companies are able to change. Mm -hmm. So uh, they did get worse, I don't know. I wouldn't, wouldn't say so. I'm getting... But things, things getting better in general, huh? in, in software engineering, in the field of software engineering. I think... I think nah, general, I was just talking today that uh, at one client, it's like, it's like Dilbert. So this thing that is happening there is like more Dilbert than reality. So they are, they are, they are having two developers. Uh, they are not, uh, but they are giving like crazy tasks uh, next to the daily business, like change everything to continuous delivery. And these two developers are two juniors because all the team was moved somewhere else and they can't do the, even their regular work. Okay. And it's so crazy. And it's like, I don't know what they're doing. They're lying themselves, the product owners or the managers. Okay. I, so I generally have the feeling that things are getting much better. Well, maybe where you are looking. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, for example, the, 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 the awareness that, of, of, of technology, how important it is that, I don't know, uh, people talk about technical debts and stuff oh, like this. Oh, they do talk. They do talk. But they often also take it serious, right? Well, they have no time to fix that. So they do talk. That's the difference. That's the difference maybe uh, from the time when they didn't know to okay. the time now. Now they know and they do talk. Yet nothing changes. At nothing least, changes. At, at okay, well, no, this is no, the first step. No, it's a self-awareness. No, I'm not, I'm not with you. I think things change. And I think people understood that technology is a, a key value for business success. But it's right? true, of course. There is, a, there is awareness. Uh, even well, I don't know because the clients I'm working with are usually the ones that ask yeah, for help. But uh, there is awareness and it's working more or less. Like everybody has Sonacube and at least to some sense installed, which is like start with the technical depth. So yes, so from that perspective, maybe it's getting better. Yeah, I think a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, you have usually direct contact as an engineer to your clients. But you on the other the DevOps side, culture. that is true. You have... You have Sonacube, which on the I other side, don't. I see, yeah. still half of the team is like one or two years in the company and they're fresh from the school, so that's not helping. Why do you think it's not helping? It's not helping because there are so many young people that are not educated. And added to this, I, I'm, I'm helping a, a friend making the switch to, uh, from, a, from a different job now to software developer. He did a course, I don't know at which institution, at which, at which institution, and he told me the tutor there said, well, yeah, uh, writing tests there exists, but we don't, but customers never pay for this, so we will not spend that much time on this. And if, if you have this as a basis from tutors, <laughs> say, yeah, this these are outdated companies, come on. <laughs> which, which serious no, companies these no, days I'm, say I'm this? not talking about the companies, I'm, I'm yeah. that the focus is now it's on the training. tutor telling it 30 fresh students, which are the newest potential that will then be in those companies that Peter is talking about. They come in with, okay, well, tests apparently are something that nobody talks about. But I'm, I would was the I wasn't maybe, even maybe I, I, I like this discussion because <laughs> I, I see many people going now into this technical debt records and, and saying, hey, we need better test coverage and so on. Who cares? 
who cares about test coverage? Test coverage is the, 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 the most useless metric we have in this industry. How can you solve this problem of tests? You cannot solve it by thinking, hey, you need to write tests and you need 80% test coverage. No, you can solve it by, by having DevOps culture, by saying, hey, you build it, you run it, however you want to ensure that you have quality in place and that things are working, right? Maybe you click through it five times a day and it makes you fun and you find much more um, issues than by, by automating all things. But if you give people the responsibility that they run their software, right, they usually will start to write tests because they're responsible for, for running it. The problem is if you are working in companies where you have people who are engineering and then they throw it over a wall and then they have 25 um, click dummies which are anyway clicking through it and then they throw it over a wall and then somebody from business takes a look at it and somebody needs to prove that it gets finally deployed after three months, then they are so detached from what it did and what impact it has it that you will never get to these people through by saying to them, hey, we need 80% test coverage. Well, I'm, you know what I mean? And, and that's, I think, the good thing that changed. Because right, the okay, engineer so is now much more in, in responsibility. And right, so you're talking, you about, the, is, is, you're talking is, about the responsibility <laughs> and having new teams in, in DevOps culture and so on and so forth. Yet the, the newly uh, learned or taught uh, software developer now comes into this team uh, with the previously taught mantra, you don't need to write tests. And now the DevOps team says, well, you do need to write tests because we are now self-responsible. So write, yeah, I mean, write it at the you will anyway not learn it by if somebody tells you write tests or write not tests, doesn't really matter, right? You, you, you hear it and say, okay, mm -hmm, interesting. Then you go to your first project and you will... And then they don't write tests. <laughs> you write tests, <laughs> you don't write, but it really doesn't matter well, what this guy told tests. you, right? I am working with people there in the industry 10 years, they never wrote a test on any project. Yeah, because they were not in charge if the software works. Maybe. That's a Maybe problem. they never they were never shown. They never did it. They don't know. They, no, they know they could, but they are not familiar enough to to dare. So right. because I'm teaching them, no, they to, don't care about the software. Yeah, they, That's why they don't write tests. They, have they, they stay, don't care they have because to stay in the night if there is a bug. So they would care, but they are not confident enough to do it. Okay, so the, you really say that. The, Maybe that's both. Both. Sure. So both if I'm, if I'm not, if if it doesn't matter to me, I don't care. I agree. So like, if I own it, I care. I agree. So you're perfectly right. But I also think the technical capability has to be sure. like prepared. As you and, said, and yeah. then it's not, yeah. one client I was talking about, they're doing embedded C, and like they're taking from this school that is uh, in the in the same city because this school is still doing embedded and and C, but they have no idea of nothing. And it's not their fault. They're just fresh from school, but they are supposed to write embedded components for car yeah, yeah, right sure. away, right? right away. So that is a mismatch. I'm just saying it's a mismatch. And and they are not responsible. Well, they get problems if the stuff comes back, but but maybe that is because I mean learning was never easier than these days, right? You get so much content on the internet. I disagree. As we said. It's too much. It's too much. But to you learn. can you can really get I but don't know pluralized. Yeah, you, you get can. But real it is, learning it is too much. So there's too much content, or yeah, it's, it's too, too much, much which you would need, need to, to know. learn on your. Yes. I was I was learning all these things. I had 15 years time. And now you don't have 15 years time. But you know the people who coming out from school build a successful tech startup after two years. Maybe. So they were not 15 years in industry. So what did they do different, right? So there are these stories from people who, who learned coding 
build a successful app and, and kind always, of there were always extraordinary people right so there are these people that that they're not they're not they're not proving me wrong there were always extraordinary people that can do extraordinary things because they believed in it or they stayed up late or that's fine they believed or they, in or it or they had some ideas the but they're also extraordinary people right? it's not not everybody's extraordinary can sure. be or can be asked to be extraordinary it's too much so you would you would argue that people stay I don't know ten years longer in school and then just go no, to a no a I argue that, that the, the companies and I remember that we also had discussions in your company that there needs to be uh, coaching on the job mentoring trainings in the company like one client I'm having is is running a kind of internship he's taking six or eight interns and he's spending three months teaching them they're only taught by the, the employees teach them, yeah. which also teaches the employees because one employee has to prepare unit testing, yeah, one employee has to prepare yeah. object orientation. And then after like three to four months, they, they decide to keep four, five, or six of them as juniors. And that is interesting. Of course, it costs them money, but they have less uh, uncertainty because they know the people, the people have been in the teams, the teams choose people from this pool, and they have taught them. And it's like, yeah, I like the, and I like it's the still not what enough. I don't like is that they don't have you. I think to, to really perform yeah. good, you need kind of safety. And if you know you stay there now for three months and then somebody decides if you could stay longer or not, I think this is a mega negative impact on, on how people could then perform, right? Because it creates a lot of pressure on, on your side. If you, yeah, they are not creating it, but it's sad when someone is not hired. I agree you know, because they have been as a group and they have been treated as that, but then. Um, not everybody's hired. Mm. Like. But okay, back to us. What, what was the what was the initial question? <laughs> How did we land there? I think we are good on questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no. The initial question: Did software engineering get better or worse? Right. That's the. That's well, the that's probably question. another episode. Yeah, that, do th this is a question then that we can then discuss in twenty years or something when we are close to to retirement. Retirement. And then we can. Then we can uh, brag or, or well, then do this, this old people. No, I think that, uh, we don't sorry, I, I, need to, I need to say it now, but I think it's the best time to be a software engineer, right? I mean, take a look at what possibilities you have. You have the cloud, you have very abstract technologies. You can build stuff, you can prove stuff, you can, I don't know, build yeah, your own you product. Can, with, you can with, do some with, Bitcoin and eat no, some Not energy. only this, but you can, you can build whatever you were dreaming of, can, I don't know, by TikTok werbung for for a few hundred euros can prove if this idea is working. If well, if you sure. can make a living out of it, if you can scale it, right? These yeah. are things which were not so easily possible back then, right? We just need I don't know a free a free tier a free tier Amazon account to bring something to life, and that's fantastic, right? Similar like the the, the game development. Now you have way more indie developers because the corresponding exactly. software tools are here, and now exactly. also for all the tools you have a. a Whatever the cloud services are there. And open free. source, sorry for interrupting you again, but open source. We never had so much open source in our industry. Open source won. Yeah, but we will have more of it. Uh, yeah, or maybe, maybe or maybe not. It's it's the, the best time till now to be software engineering. Let's phrase it like this. Yeah, maybe in ten years it's even better. I, I hardly I hardly think so. Or I, I definitely think so. I, I can't agree, but it's like probably outside of the scope. Why? Because <laughs> it's outside of the scope. <laughs> no, why don't you agree? Because this is like a very dangerous time. It's kind of, it's not the best time 
also a lot of crap is created and it's just wasteful and, and pointless. So well, okay, I wouldn't uh, say it's like the best time to be a developer. It's, it's not. I, well, then I would say I would try to find the middle ground and say this time has the most potential no, it's possible. This most potential then could be seen either in a positive way that you can do so much stuff if you dream about it, which you can also then interpret in, in terms of or you, you can also do bad stuff that has impact, it's that has not a, a yeah, negative impact. And, and has been done, like it has been created and stuff gets created and promoted and it's just pointless True. and wasting energy. And, yeah. Why, why, why should destroying the world, wasteless, destroy destroying the world. energy, destroying the world, why should it succeed? Because someone makes money out of it. That By maybe building that's, wasteless stuff. May, yeah, because... because but some, what, what, can you, can some you think of an example? Some VC makes money out of puts money in and it's... I have no concrete examples, but... So now, well, we talked about... Um, thinking that how much is the current state of our industry linked to to like capitalism free market it is not totally because open source exists but open source also gets like uh more yeah but more okay. company thingy yeah. also i remember like 15 years but ago eclipse was struggling to have yeah. people that would pay now it's totally normal that they pay in they develop they use yeah. it right but is, is it not in general, I mean, I think we're mixing things. This is how the, the world is moving forward, right? But if you really think about software engineering itself as a discipline, as a community, I mean, we have world-class meetups all yeah, around the world. True. We have, have world-class events. We have so much knowledge sharing. We have so much practice. We have so much good books. We have so much good resources. Well, of course, I mean, this is then a, a more global question. Is the world moving in the right direction, right? And of course, software engineering is moving alongside the world. And it is but also moving the world, right? It's powering. Okay, so here, here when you say, David, when you say um, that, the, that we have so much things and so much stuff, yes, that's true. And I also then see Peter when he says, okay, and you don't have a, a plan for it. There's so many. There are so many meetups. There are so many technologies. Okay, as a starting developer, which path do you take? Yeah. Home, overwhelming. Home or what do you do? You it's follow overwhelming the also. one you like the most. But you don't know. Sure, you know. No, because you follow don't know anything. Gut. Yeah, but you don't know anything. <laughs> you can no. You can only follow your gut if you have experience, because this is like a brain, a second brain. Gut is a second brain. You have as many nerves there as. So if you have no prior knowledge, I think you don't have a gut feeling. You can decide on the color. No, that's, I, 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 can, I can prove this wrong by a personal story. So when I, when I started software engineering in my, my upper school back then, actually all I wanted to do is I wanted to build up a, a simple game. Of course. Starting from a UI point of view. I was not interested in software engineering. I wanted we all, we to do all something. Were like I wanted that. to create something, yeah, right? Yeah, a game. And then I followed the idea of what, what do I need to learn to create this game, right? Mm -hmm. So I followed my gut. I said, I want to create this game. And so I looked for the simplest way to achieve this. And I think that's, that's the most important stuff. Well, that was your vision. That was your vision. That was not your gut. Gut would be a decision. That was your vision and you followed your vision. Exactly. But, but isn't this not the right learning part? If somebody says, hey, I want to become... Yeah, but not everybody has a vision. But why, why do you become a software engineer? It's a good job. No, come on. Nobody who is, I don't know, 19 years thinks, oh, it's a good job. 
What? Why software development is not the best time? I, I heard in a podcast, developer knowledge, <laughs> software engineering. <laughs> now seriously, would you rather go uh, and sell sausage for 1100 euro a month? Or would you go to be a web designer? Now, come on, I, I, this is a very good paid job. It's safe, it's clean, you're not destroying your body. If you can go for it, you go for it. Okay, M maybe people think like this. I, I would never have thought Of course that. we don't. That's the reason we are doing this podcast. But, <laughs> it, but it, and it, uh, what, what I want to say is it's valid to think like that. I would sure, say it's everything not, is valid. No, no, not everybody can be enthusiastic about it and doesn't have to be. And it's also often a problem on training when you have people that are super enthusiastic and they want to do it. And then there are regular people that just do their work as good as they can. And then there's some tension there also. Yeah, but still, this doesn't answer the question. Um, which, which question? <laughs> what's the right learning path for the beginning? Because even people who say they want to do their job to get, I don't know, valid payment, they would, they would be very solution-focused to say, okay, I don't know, let's take a look at, yeah. at 50 job offers. What are the needed technologies, which are obviously asked these days? Let's, let's try to learn them as, yeah. as fast yeah. as possible. And that this could, is not the right... That could be a recommendation I would do to someone who gives me this question, yes. And for the others who, who want to do it because they want to solve a problem, yeah, I would do exactly the same thing. And, and, and for others that have more fun, maybe they should learn Haskell or... Yeah. But I think I lost the question. Let's start over. <laughs> the, the question was basically, are there too many learning paths these days? Possibly. And to, to hone it down, can we get some sort of to an ending of this episode? <laughs> because we are already after the ending since 15 minutes. So yeah, yeah, okay. Get away. So, okay, then let's conclude it. Software engineering is better than ever before. <laughs> you do do a TikTok session every week. Looking forward to it. And it was a great time. Oh, you can do an extreme programming practice in 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like a snippet of it. Yeah. This is again a question then what kind of niche can I But I mean there there are people who do exactly this, right? Who post on LinkedIn three second videos about how to improve code or I don't know really? screenshots of how to clean code and not clean code next to each other and they do it every second day. So there there is a lot of content creation in this area, right? It's it's not so it's not so new what you're thinking about now. No, let's close it down. So, yeah, dear listener, thank you for your, uh, I would say, patronage. No, you haven't put in any money. Um, <laughs> your patience. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Dear listener, <laughs> thank you for your patience for about three years of this developer menage. And the endurance it took. Endurance as well, yes. So we will see what the future will bring, yeah? And, and don't forget, it's the best time for being a software engineer. I agree. Yeah. Well... Until whenever, enjoy a nice cup of developer menage. See you.